0: Hello and welcome, I am Tessa Van Rens. You're listening to this podcast series, Radical Solutions for Britain, brought to you by Unlock Democracy. Everyone is talking about Brexit, but do we know what kind of country we want afterwards? Perhaps we don't need wishful thinking or rehashed ideas, but radical new solutions. So we brought together some inspiring speakers at this year's party conferences to discuss their solutions. In this podcast we talk to one speaker every episode about their radical idea for britain because brexit means brexit and we're going
1: to make a success of it cities tended to vote remain the towns to leave we have been left to one side on the whole feels like it's been forgotten places like this were hit hardest i do feel there is a lot of focus on the negative side, you can't see much optimism here. It's an effective strategy, the town-city divide will widen. There are a group of people who
0: feel that their priorities and values have not been reflected. This episode was recorded at the Labour Party Conference in Liverpool. Today, we're hearing from Lisa Nandy, MP for Wigan and founder of the Centre for Towns.
1: Well, I'm Lisa Nandy, I'm the MP for Wigan, and we set up the Centre for Towns a couple of years ago after the Brexit vote where towns across Britain voted to leave. We were fed up of the characterisation of towns like mine as being left behind, and we decided that we needed a much uh, bigger conversation nationally about towns and the future of towns, and we wanted to get that agenda really pushed right up to the top of political priorities. So we've we've had a great couple of years, and we've... uh, we've managed to achieve it, really. So now at Labour conference this week, John McDonnell, Rebecca Long-Bailey and others have been talking a lot about the future of our towns. Next election is going to be won or lost in our towns, and we're, um, we're really pleased that people
0: are paying attention, finally. Wow. I think this is the first one where I could say, what is your radical idea that has already happened and is changing Britain? So could you tell us a little bit more about how you think it's gonna change in the future and fix kind of the country as a whole?
1: Well, actually the the sort of radical policy idea that I'm pitching to Labour Party conference today, and thank you to Unlock Democracy for for allowing us to have this debate, is about um, GDP. So it sounds really boring and technical, but actually one of the reasons that towns have not had the investment that they need over the last 40 years is because we measure everything our progress as a nation through an economic measure that has completely outlived its usefulness. So GDP tells you a lot about profits and about capital, tells you absolutely nothing about levels of inequality in the country, about the assets in communities, the very strong social connections that help communities like mine to survive tough times and to thrive in good times. It tells you nothing about the consequences of environmental damage, Tells you nothing about the well-being of our citizens, and there's a growing debate um, now with leading economists like Diane Coyle at Manchester University, mm-hmm. not far from here, who are saying we need a much more inclusive measure of how we see progress, because almost all of the decisions about investment from national government are made because of the effect that it will have on GDP. Mm-hmm. Um and GDP is blind to the things that matter most to people and communities across Britain. So we need to ditch GDP as a measure is my pitch to um to the unlocked democracy audience. Um and we need to um to radically reform it so that it's a much more inclusive measure of growth
0: and progress. So I'm struggling to remember which country this was, but quite recently I think there was a country that announced they're going to replace GDP with a sort of social welfare measure. Mm. um, Is that the kind of thing you're thinking about for Britain as well?
1: Yeah, so um, there's been a huge global movement around inclusive growth and how you reform it. In fact, over half a century ago, Bobby Kennedy was talking about this over Mm. in America. He said it measures everything in short except that which makes life worthwhile. And over in the East, they've known this for a long time. Actually, when Labour was in government last Gordon Brown brought in a well-being index for children and young people because the last Labour government had realised that they were measuring lots of targets about young people. They were looking at uh, rates of teenage pregnancy, drug use, um, health indicators, and they were making progress in all of these areas. But then a, a survey came out from UNICEF, which found that British children were the most unhappy in the western yeah. world and suddenly ed bulls and gordon brown said well we you know we've, we're obviously not measuring the right thing then so they set up a well-being index which was widely rubbished by the british press at the time <laughs> you know happy clappy sort of politics i think one of the tabloids called it but actually it was really important it was so important that david cameron actually kept it mm. and they continued to collect that information all the way through uh, the coalition government, and it, it was borrowed from a model that they have in the east, where they they take well-being as the central measure of what constitutes a good life and the progress of society. It's not just about balance sheets and profit margins. It's about whether you can create more fulfilled citizens. And in the end, what is socialism except that to enable people to live richer, larger, deeper lives? Mm.
0: Yeah, I think it was um, Yuval Noah Harari who said it's quite insane that this thing called money that we started using in order to trade and to increase human welfare has now somehow been crowned to be more important than human welfare, yeah. while really it should be just this thing that serves us rather than vice versa.
1: And actually, it's got more pernicious than that. So the philosopher Michael Waltzer says mm. quite rightly that money should be harmless, but actually... Our failure to put capital in its box has meant that money does great harm to people. So when money can be used to buy better education, healthcare, political influence, voice through the media um, and access to justice, money does great harm because it's not just that some people have more, it's that by definition therefore other people have less. It's disempowering, and it's causing great harm to people. And we talk a lot about the problems in this country, loneliness, the mental health crisis, uh, drug use. But we don't think, well, what really is at the root of this is that we've fashioned society, politics, the economy, around the pursuit of wealth, when actually it should be around the pursuit of
0: well-being. Thank you very much, and I look forward to hearing more in the event. Thanks very much. Thanks. This podcast is produced by Unlock Democracy, an organization which wants to give power back to the people. This episode was produced and edited by Friday Addison Child and reported by me, Tessa Van Rens. Music was by Collate and is available under a Creative Commons license. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like or a share, leave any comments you have for us or for the wonderful speakers, or tell us your own idea on social media with the hashtag RadicalSolutions.